Welcome to Business Done Differently, where baseball team owner turned showman Jesse Cole speaks with successful entrepreneurs who stand out in business and in life by thinking differently and challenging the status quo. We believe whatever is normal, do the exact opposite, and that normal gets normal results. If you want to stand out and be different, this one's for you. I am fired up today to welcome the Chief Heart Officer of Vader Media, Claude Silver, to the show. Claude has helped grow Vader Media into a world-class media agency with employees all over the world. She's built the culture on caring and empathy and simply believes business is all about how you make people feel. She's inspiring the way business should be done. And Claude, I'm honored to have you on the show today. Jesse, it's great to be here. Hello, Savannah. <laughs> We're going to have some fun. And obviously, Gary has made a name for himself and, and showing the brand, but the brand can't grow if they don't have a great culture. And what you guys are building is simply impressive. How many employees are you up to now? Well, at VaynerMedia, we've got about 650. And then at VaynerX, which is our umbrella, we've got close to 900 then in total. It's unbelievable. And that's in the last five years. I mean, it's probably almost doubled, correct? Absolutely. I came aboard May of 14, and I was employee number 89. And we're almost five years. And yeah, we're more than doubled now. It's incredible. I got to tell you, every day here is a delight because the people that want to work here, the, the talent that we are able to attract, they're just some of the greatest minds, but more importantly, have such big, big hearts. And it excites me daily. Well, I love that you actually, your title, you say what you do and what you believe in. And I take a lot of pride in that with our company being fans first entertainment and our mission fans first entertain always. And as a shared pre-show, you know, our biggest fans are our own people. And I think that you guys are living it. And that's what's really inspirational. And, you know, Gary says this all the time. We want to build the single greatest human organization of all time. That's a huge amount of pressure for you as the chief heart officer and, and, you know, number two there. So how are you doing this? And maybe give a little bit of context. You know, this Gary comes to you and says, we want to build this. And how are you doing it? Yeah. So. Let me go back in time a little bit. I started May of 14, and I was here for 18 months. I was Gary's first senior vice president that he hired. I was living in London. He moved me over here. And I was on the account strategy side. I ended up resigning, which is not easy to do to <laughs> Gary. But I knew I wanted to move much more into the people space and not be as involved in the advertising, if you will. And I resigned, and four months later... We had breakfast and he said, you're coming back. You're going to be chief heart officer. And I knew exactly what that meant because it's who I am. It's in my DNA. I said to him at that breakfast, I said, how do we know if I'm successful? And he said, your remit is to impact every single employee and infuse the agency with empathy, period. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I had to figure out how to do that because there's no job description. And that's an enormous target for me. The wonderful thing here about VaynerMedia, and I believe my job, is that there is no roadmap. So it only allowed me enormous amounts of runway and no ceiling in particular to try different things, to get a sense of what the people needed by, what do you think? Listening. Mm. So I went about it, to answer your question in a simplistic way, I went about it in a macro. I looked at what this org was about, wanting to create the greatest human organization of all time. How are we going to go about doing that? And I concentrated on the well, not the faucet, not the 
minutia of details, whether or not we had the right coffee in a coffee can, if that makes sense. I wanted to make sure that people were gathering to drink coffee, not to bicker about whether or not it was this roast or that roast. And I'm being funny, but you get the idea. <laughs> no, 100%. I think the faucet versus the well is such a great analogy because not only just that, I think a lot of people focus on the negative details as opposed to the overall goal of the organization. And, oh, this person did this, this person did that. Well, how is the whole organization doing and catching people doing things right as opposed to catching people doing things wrong? Yes, exactly. I mean, Jesse, it's so easy to talk about what's wrong. Unfortunately, it comes easy to us as humans. And the muscle that we're building here is talking about what's right and talking about how to stand up after you fall down. Mm -hmm. That's the optimism here. And that's the sense of possibility and positivity that is being cultivated from the ground, not just from Gary, not just from Claude. Mm -hmm. I think it's so inspirational, the fact, Claude, that you guys have it defined clearly. I mean, you said the definition of a great culture, it's culture is about how you treat each other, how you make people feel. It's that easy and it's that hard, which is such a great quote. And I think you guys look at it from a macro level and I get inspired by that because it's about how you make people feel. But I know so many people, will, well, what does that look like? And that's why I'm really intrigued. And as we met back at the Vayner offices back in December, I said, well, what are some of those practical things that you're doing to really make people know that you care about them, that you're there for them? Yeah. So the first thing is I talk to them and I find out what makes them tick. And Gary does the same thing. And we teach and instill in our leaders to do the same thing with people on their team. Now, funny enough, when someone starts at this company, we send them out with a list of 10 to 20 people to go and find and talk to and have coffee with. Why? So that person is meeting with a smattering of people, not all apples, not all oranges, to find out what makes them tick, why they are choosing to be at VaynerMedia, what the culture is all about to them. And this right there off the bat introduces difference. It introduces variety. It introduces uniqueness to that one employee, which I love. It's Again, it's not our way or the highway. It's everyone's way. Another example is we put every single employee through a four-day orientation, which starts on a Monday and ends on the Thursday. That means if you are a junior copywriter, you could very well be sitting with an SVP or with the CFO or whoever starting that day, which immediately removes the barriers of hierarchical structure. Mm. It levels the playing field. So these are two things, you know, in particular that I think are extremely helpful for lowering the barrier to entry. Because let's face it, you start a new job, you always feel different. You always feel like, uh-oh, how am I going to provide value, all of this stuff. And the fact is, is you are providing value by showing up, bringing your whole self to work every single day, and getting involved, being a part of this engine, not being on the outskirts. I think that's a great transition to you know, bringing your full self to work. Everyone's talking about that now, your whole self, because you think about so many employees, so many people, they can't wait till the weekend so they can go out and you know have fun. But if you're spending most of your time at work, why can't you be pumped for Monday? And I'm crazy, but I think some entrepreneurs are the same way. Monday's my favorite day. I can't wait to get back to the office and hang in with our people. But I wonder, how do you create that whole self to work? Because I mean, you've scaled so much. You have this Gary larger than life personality out there that's telling everyone what we believe and how they are. And then you're trying to get other people that aren't like Gary, that aren't Gary's personality to bring their whole self every day. I mean, is it just simple as like 
talk to people and just let them feel connected and have relationships? Like what happens? Yeah. So it is that simple. And we're human beings. And we have to remember that there is difference in this world. So how do I minimize someone feeling different in a way that's going to not make them feel safe? That's what I need to figure out. So what we do is we take great pride in how we hire here. And we're looking for culture additions, not culture fit. Right there off the bat tells you that that means we're going to be looking for diversity. And that means diversity of everything, race, creed, color, ethnicity, sexuality, political views, but also difference of values. We're interested in having people be here that have values in the same zip codes, but show me how you exemplify empathy. It doesn't have to be how I exemplify empathy, if that makes sense. We don't want same, same, same. Our hiring techniques are extremely important, creating that safe place where people feel emotionally and physically safe to bring it every single day is my job. Okay. So I'm fascinated here. All right. So I've heard so many times you want to hire people that believe what you believe to an extent. And like you want to get everyone pulling forward. And I do can see that because if you have people that have completely different beliefs, they won't fit. So there has to be a little bit of this, like you said, in the same zip code. But then how are you hiring that's like saying, hey, we want you to be this. Like we want to be you who you are. Like what are you doing in that interview process? Because people in our interviews, they just want to try to impress and try to get that opportunity to have a job. How you say, no, you be you. Well, we say you be you. (laughs) (laughs) I love that question because, look, I didn't flinch, did I? That's exactly what we say. (laughs) Yeah. But you got to prove it, though. Like, what are, like, I believe it's not just saying the core values and your core beliefs. Like, this is who we are. You got to have stories that back it up. Yes. You have to have stories. You have to have proof is in the pudding, without a doubt. We don't want people that look like Gary. Gary looks like Gary. We don't want people that look like Claude. Claude looks like Claude. However, we do want people who will come here with an optimistic attitude, with a mind that sees possibility rather than scarcity, a mind that is curious and wants to be moving the puck forward. Mm. So show up with that and the rest is a blank canvas. That's fascinating. I love the curiosity. One of our core beliefs is, is we look for growth and hunger. And it's hard to teach hunger in people. But you know, with hunger is curiosity. And so are there certain questions or certain things you look to see? Are they curious? Are they going to look to grow and find unique ways to build themselves and build the company? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So obviously, you ask certain questions in interviews, open-ended questions to see what that person is coming up with. Yeah, you want to see maybe what they've done. But more than anything, I want to see where they want to go, what they want to build. And oftentimes, I will say, tell me a time when... Or here's a blank canvas. Paint for me how you would structure this team. Paint for me how you would create a unified team when you walk into a team that is, you know, upset with one another, things like that. I want to hear how people dream. And if you're dreaming, you're obviously a curious and creative person. Mm, I love that. You know, one of the things that we started doing was a future resume to see, Mm. you know, really what they want to be and what they want to do. And Everyone that we've done it with, they said, I've never even thought about that. And I'm like, we want you thinking about that. And I think what we just started doing, which is very scary, we're starting to ask our people who've been here three years, what do you want to do when you're done with the bananas? And that's a such a hard question to ask because everyone's trying to build your employees to be with them for life. And I get it, but what do you want to do next? And then if you can open up that conversation, you can really help them. And it's not this 
scarcity or am I going to be here forever or do I got to hide and take two weeks notice and give them, you know, that's what's happened. We've realized is that people are giving, they're looking for other opportunities without telling you. And I'm sure you've had, obviously, with that many employees, you've had turnover. What have you learned from the turnover that you've had and what new practices are you doing to either move forward in a better direction? I love this question because it's something that we're just tackling at this moment. So how do I learn why people are leaving? And the most important email I actually get on any given day is, drum roll, it's an exit interview. Yes. Why did that person leave? What we're now doing is we're creating stay interviews. Because when that person leaves, I'm already on the back foot. I couldn't get to them. We couldn't get to them. We couldn't surround them with whatever it is that they felt that they were lacking. People stay places because of the people. People leave places because of the managers. So we need to have a deep dive into that. So stay interviews. What we're going to do is we're going to go out to everyone that is on their 60-day, 120-day, and six-month. And we're going to be checking in with them because the first year can be really rough anywhere. You're wanting to provide value. This is a company that's changing all the time. We are very unique. We are not like any other agency you're going to find. So you might feel like you get us at 30 days. You may feel like you get us at 90 days, but you're really not going to actually sink in and be able to relax probably until your nine month, 12 month mark, because we are a different kind of place, different in the good way, different in the way that you can go have time with Gary Vaynerchuk, different in the way that your C-suite is accessible. And by the way, wants to get into the weeds with you and tinker around. That's very different. Mm. So these stay interviews, have you started already having them or this is put into the work soon? Well, we started formally having them last week. And I should say me having one-on-ones with people is really in essence a stay interview. However, I might not be that person that they want to talk to. Mm. So I have people on my team and I oversee what's normally called HR. We call it people and experience team. I have people on my team go out and do these stay interviews. And so far, one weekend, it's promising. Mm -hmm. It's very, very promising. And I think it's really going to bring some joy into the ecosystem in terms of, wow, you really care about me 60 days in. Cool. Well, I think and you want to make people feel not scared. See, I would think, some young people would be scared to talk to you or scared to talk to Gary. And how do you get them comfortable enough to say, you know what? I'm frustrated with a few things. And that's how you make a prove it. You pull out the splinter. You, know, you pull out the splinter yeah. and you start moving forward. So I love that you're doing yeah. that. We have a small team of 15 people. And every week, every other week, we're doing walks with our people around the stadium and just talking. Uh, oh, because I think it. the annual review is no such thing. It should be constantly talking weekly. You should never get to a point where you just talk once a year and say, hey, you did a good job or you didn't. And so uh, with a smaller team, it's easier, but it sounds like you're able to now scale that because everyone's going to be on that. But what about the people that are there for three years, four years? Well, first and foremost, we want to do back to feedback. You want to do frequent feedback Mm -hmm. and it doesn't need to be formal. I think to your point, it's just let me know how I'm doing on any given day. And it shouldn't have to be scary or this thing of like, oh my God, you're going to drop a bomb on me. If you're talking to me often and giving me feedback, I should know what's about to come out of your mouth. I shouldn't be surprised because we've been talking this whole time. And feedback, as I say often, is a gift. Mm. Feedback is a gift. It is a way to show that we care about someone's growth and development. And as leaders and managers, if you're not giving someone feedback, you are unconsciously, unconsciously manipulating their growth and development. A hundred percent. It's just too much power. Definitely. That's for sure. 
Well, Claude, we're going to now go into our first game. You know, some podcasts do like, you know, advertising reads. Nope, I go into games. So are you mentally ready? Game on. <laughs> this is Truth and Dare. Which one would you like first? Dare. Dare. I like it. All right. So we do it all every show. It's called Sing in the Blank. At our games, we do this in front of 4,000 fans. We have one grandstand versus the other. When the song finishes, you have to finish that song lyric. Okay. All right. And this is fitting with what we're talking about. All right. Ready. Here we go. Love the one you're with. Bum, bum, bum. Love the one you're with. Nailed it. Nailed it. Claude, thank you so much. I would say one out of two usually get it wrong, but you <laughs> nailed it. And I thought that would be fitting to the people you're with. You might as well love them and take care of them. Steven Stills, man. <laughs> Killed it. All right. Just officially, is this the first podcast that you've sang on? It is, and I'm like, please never hang up. <laughs> all right, good. We could cross that off. Now, don't forget. All right, we got to go to a truth now. We got to get real. Okay. All right. What's the biggest challenge that you've had in the last few years? Just anything at that office with VaynerMedia. What's the biggest challenge you've had to overcome? I would say marrying the honey with the empire. That is marrying our incredible priority and the energy that we put into our people here with the fact that we are running a business. And so how do you make sense internally? How do you make sense with the people around you? That that means that just because we love you doesn't mean that you might be right. Mm. Just because we love you, we need to trim some fat. Just because we love, you know what I mean? Mm. That's a tough one for people, I think, especially when they're looking at both of us, Gary and myself and others and saying, but you're a people first, you're a people first organization. Yeah, we are. How do you set that tone? You know, I think that's such a good point because some people are going to have to be let go because they're not a good fit for the organization and, and it's not a good fit for themselves either. But if they don't see that, they see you as you're letting them go, you're ruining their dreams. How do you set the tone in the beginning to say, this may not work out, we want it to and still have that empathy and love? So we do, just so proud to work here, I got to tell you, we really rely on something called the alumni group here. And that means when we know we're going to let someone go, we're going to let Sally go. We know ahead of time, obviously, it's not just that day. We help her network on the outs. So basically, we know that Sally is interested in video and in influencer video. So we're going to help her reach out to YouTube, Netflix, Hulu. Vox Media, all of that stuff via Gary's network. Mm. And that's amazing. So it might not be the place here, but in that same conversation, we're saying, and by the way, we're going to help you land that next job. We can't promise you that we're going to get you a job, but we are certainly going to help you get in the door. So what does that look like? Let's give a timing example. So you decide that one person is not going to work well in your team. You meet with them, you let them know that. Then do they stay with the company for a certain exterior of time while you help them get the job? What does that look like? You know what? It really depends on the person and it depends on the role they're filling. Okay. So most of the time, let's be honest, most of the time, if you're going to let someone go and then you give them four weeks at work, they might not bring their best self to work. <laughs> yes. So let's be honest. So what we will do is most of the time give them the option of coming to work for those next 30 days. Well, you know, kind of like a working notice mm -hmm. and that's up to them. Or we let them go that day still with the promise that, by the way, you're going to hear from Gary tomorrow 
So have a look on LinkedIn and let us know what jobs are out there that you might be interested in. Does Gary actually, I mean, I'm sure there's so many employees and there's so much movement. Does he actually speak to the person the next day? You're not even going to believe this. He emails or texts them that day, that same day. Every single person that's let go. Every single person that's let's go. He gets a text message from someone on my team with who they are, their photo and their phone number and or personal email. And you want to know what his email says? How can I help you? Wow. That's That's amazing. Yes. That's unbelievable. Unbelievable that a CEO would do that today. Well, it's interesting, you know, because most people would look at the CEO as like, you're letting me go. I'm leaving your team. And then to come back and say, how can I help you? I wonder how those conversations then go move forward. Well, we have a very unique situation here. And, and you've been here, so you know, and you know who Gary is. He's not your run-of-the-mill corporate CEO. He is a very altruistic CEO, and he has his hands in so many different cookie jars. So why wouldn't you want to team up with him? Yeah, 100%. He's a great guy. He cares. And that's what he's showing you with his actions speak louder than his words. And that's what people pay attention to, right? 100%. How do you make me feel? That's the most important thing. How are you making me feel? Whether or not that's on the first day of work, are we creating that safe space for them? Or on their last day of work? And are we still making them feel like they are a worthy human being? Mm. I hope so. Yeah, I love that. And then when you keep it that simple, I think that's great. I mean, do you guys have like set core beliefs? Do you have a mission? Do you have your why laid out? Or is it just this simple? I mean, it's fairly simple. It's people first. It's leading with empathy. It's understanding that speed is our KPI for us. It's seeing possibility. It's seeing optimism and humility with a dash of curiosity in there. So are those all pretty much your core beliefs, what you stand for? Yeah. Okay. Have you ever like codified your why? I just I recently heard Reed Hastings with Netflix. He goes, we've tried to figure out what our why is, but we just make people happy. Yeah. Like, have you, have you yeah. tried to codify that? Nope, yeah. we haven't. In fact, it's been something that I've worked on, I would say for the last four years. I've had many focus groups here where I bring random smattering of people into rooms and we do a values exercise on who we are at Vayner Media and what our beliefs are and our why. And then I present some of the findings to Gary and we just have a conversation about it, but it's nothing that you see on the walls here. We live it. We live and breathe it. And I would say for 98% of people, that really, 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 really works. And for 2%, they really, really need something written down. So, yes. And that's okay. Well, you know the intention. And I think that's, you said before, find moments to make an impact. Size doesn't matter, but intention does. And if the intention is how you make people feel and the empathy, then having your clear spelled out why isn't the most important, but the attention does. But Claude, you, you said something really great there, which I think let's get into the practicality of it. Speed. You talked about speed. And I want to know, like, how are you guys focusing on that? Because a lot of times speed can go against making people feel because, hey, we need to get this done. We need to get this done. We're moving quick. And that might not be about making sure you're there for the people, making sure they feel good about it because you're trying to push. So how do you balance that with your desire for speed? Everything starts with team. And the alpha and the omega is leadership, is who you got running that team. And are they a person that is going to put people first? Or are they going to put the client first? So our number one thing that we focus on here are our employees. Our number two thing is going to be the end consumer. Our number three thing is going to be the client. Mm-hmm. Clients are always going to want it yesterday. They are always going to want it bigger and bolder. <laughs> and yes, it is a balance for sure. I'm not trying to paint a utopic photo. However, you need a leader that's going to know how to connect people together and build trust with one another. Because when you build trust, 
you start to feel for people. And once you feel for someone on your team, sky's the limit. That means I'm going to be in the trenches with you. That means I'm going to take a bullet for you. That means I'm going to stay late with you. That builds a sense of longevity, accountability, and resilience. The calluses that we need in this day and age when you are working with Fortune 10, Fortune 50 companies. So is there anything particular that you've done to help make sure this culture for speed is you know, moving forward at a very fast degree? Yeah, we have to make sure that speed is our KPI along with how we treat people. So how do you measure we are speed? Romantic. Well, we, I think you measure speed in a number of ways. One, you measure speed in terms of the team and the way that the team has come together. Mm. It's a funny way to measure speed. It's a qual way. But how the team has come together and are they a team or are they splintered and bifurcated? That's one. Certainly what you get to market in terms of how the consumer is adapting to it and working with it and purchasing it is another. And what gets out the door? I mean, what we get to see here. So how quick can you get a video idea from brainstorming into our production studio and out the door? Mm. So that's actual speed. So there's different ways to measure speed. I think. But we don't think of speed as you need to stay 13 hours a day in order to get the job done. That's just an antiquated way. 100%. All right. We're going to get into one more game in a little bit. But before that, I just, is there any story that stands out for you? You know, something that you guys have done for an employee or something that really builds your brand and and what you are? Oh, gosh. We celebrate our anniversary all the time here, our anniversaries. So we celebrate each and every person's anniversary, whether or not that's their one year or their nine year anniversary. And in doing so, we celebrate the company's anniversary. And last year, we took every single employee to summer camp for the day in Pennsylvania. And we had summer camp activities, just like you had when you were 12 years old, with basketball tournament with Gary, tennis courts, egg toss, ropes, things, rock climbing walls. And to see us all playing, I mean, this was a weekday. So you had to tell your clients you were off the grid. And to see us all playing together, and I mean playing, was just incredible. It was so much fun. <laughs> so everyone traveled down there. Would you have buses and stuff? And then did you yeah. just, so you went down there for the day and then just came back later that afternoon? Oh, yeah, that evening. And by the way, not only did we get buses, we did a barter deal with a company so that we got our sign on the bus. <laughs> I love the barter. I love the barter. And I'm guessing you had a big barbecue lunch or something, picnic for everybody? Massive, massive. I get up there on stage and I kick it off. And then we've got all kinds of food. It's just a good, good time. Gary does maybe a little chat. One year he did like a, a two-hour-long chat. Last year he did a half-an-hour chat. It really depends on his vibe also. Like sometimes... We're just having a great time. So we don't want to disrupt that. Other times, I think he can feel like, okay, it's time for, you know, I'll get out there and I'll say a couple things. You know, I'm fascinated because you guys put out everything, but you don't share a lot of the videos and stories about the culture. Is there a reason why? I was asked that question today as well. It's really, really interesting. No, we have been, for the most part, a company that has gone under the radar in many different ways. I think that we have a very outspoken CEO. And so, He's done a lot of communicating about the culture and about leadership and this and that. And as we move into 2019, 2020, it is a priority for us to do more sharing of the people that are in here and those people that are cultivating the culture and what they're all made out of. Hmm. Now, we do have an Instagram account where we do showcase our folks. 
but it's not coming out in Ink Magazine. So what is that Instagram account? It's VaynerMedia. It's our okay. social media handle. Okay. And every single week, someone from the creative team will take it over. So okay. they might be someone that lives in Chattanooga, or they might be someone that lives in Los Angeles, or they might be someone here that takes it over and is a person that identifies as LGBTQ, and they'll share about that affinity group that they've created that they're a part of. Mm. And being a really human company, I love this because in being a true human company, people are buying from the humans. And you know, I think it's not talked about much, but like, because Gary got out there, people buy because of Gary because they see him. So many companies just market the corporate brand and they don't market the people, the hands that are doing the work. And that sounds like your initiative is like, we're not just going to showcase Gary. We're going to start showcasing other people that are making this company what it is. That's exactly, exactly right. It is the people here, not machines. It is the people that are putting two and two together and coming up with these incredible campaigns, incredible ideas that we're then able to get out into the market. All right. Now you're tremendously inspiring me because I think, you know, I've been the showman, the yellow tux guy out there and we've had a few of our people, but what are some like things? How do you get them? I mean, are they going to be on video? What are you guys going to do to showcase them in a way that really lets people know these are our people? Well, I mean, that remains to be seen because <laughs> we're, about, we're entering into it. It is the second conversation I've had about it today. But I imagine we're going to get a lot of the top agency marketing press to meet with a lot of our folks mm. and to actually be interviewed, to have them on more podcasts those types of things. And alongside, you know, showing their wares, showing their crafts, we'll have them interviewed. And I think that's going to be a great way to get to know people at scale. Mm, I love it. Entree Leadership has done a pretty good job of that with Dave Ramsey and a lot of the characters and people that he's shown a part of his organization. So I'm intrigued to see what you guys do. But now we're going to go to another game, Claude. It's called Flip the Script. So you are now the host of Business Done Differently. And you can ask me any question. Okay, terrific. Jesse, I have a question for you. Why yellow? <laughs> I get asked that question a lot. For me, it started because I realized what business we were really in. And we were not in the baseball business. You know, We're in the entertainment business, the experience business, and like you, the people business. And so for us, if we're going to be putting on a show, entertaining and having fun, I realized that at our games, I couldn't be just dressed like everyone else. So I first chose a black tuxedo with tails, similar to P.T. Barnum, one of my biggest mentors. And it was 100 degrees the first night, and I almost melted. So I looked online for a lighter color, and our team at the time, the Gastonia Grizzlies, had yellow in their color. So I found brightcoloredtuxedos.com, bought that first tuxedo, and it took off from there. I became the yellow tuxedo guy, and then all of a sudden, we became the Savannah Bananas, so it just fit. <laughs> And I believe everybody has something that makes them stand out. And we talk about being your whole self. This really is me amplified. I am crazy. I'm outgoing, like I'm outspoken, like Gary. I bring a lot of energy and yellow fits me. So I would love if everyone had a unique accessory, not a yellow tuxedo. Believe me, don't do that. But everyone had a unique thing that represents them that they showcase. And that's who they are, because I think it really opens up people to be their whole self. So I went on a wild answer from that yellow, but there's more to it than just wearing a yellow tuxedo. No, I love it. I knew there was a story behind it. <laughs> of course there is. And it helps me stand out a little bit and helps our brand. So as Gary does, you know, you got to be out there. And I know when anybody sees New York Jets now, they're associating the New York Jets with Gary, which is just oh, wild. My God. It's just yeah. absolutely wild. It's the best. I want to go on this. Question time. If you want better answers in business, I believe you need to ask better questions. So we've talked about some of the questions you ask, but what are some of the best questions you are asking either your people or anyone that you're working with these days? So I ask a lot of why questions mm -hmm. because I'm curious, but I also want to see where that person is coming from, like where their head is. 
I'm really, I'm fascinated with young entrepreneurs. I've never been around so many entrepreneurial minds in one place. And the fact that we've got 19-year-old, 20-year-old kids here that have been making money since they were 13 on eBay or Amazon, YouTube is blowing me away. So I really ask them, like, where did you even get this idea? How did this even come across? At 13 years old, you're not out there playing soccer? <laughs> you know, no, I'm playing World of Warcraft. And then I created a World of Warcraft cheat, cheat YouTube channel and I monetized it. So I ask a lot of questions about like why and how. I'm fascinated with humans and I'm absolutely fascinated with how they get from point A to Z, not just ABC. Mm. That's a great thing that all leaders should do is just, you know, keep asking, not just, hey, what are their dreams are, but why are you doing this? How'd you get here? When you did this, what'd you overcome here? And because again, it's a learning experience, not only for you, but it's also a learning experience for them because very few people are constantly seeking clarity in why they're doing what they're doing. Yeah. All yeah. Right. I love that. I love that. All right. Let's go to some more fun questions. It's tool time now. So what's the most important tool you have in your business toolbox? My ears. <laughs> Number one. Love <laughs> I mean, it. my ears. My heart, my yeah. soul, the fact that I want to make someone's life better. Uh, I love that you went there. Yeah, that's it. I'm not a person that's going to say to you, you know, my analytical, not mine, or my ability to work on, in Excel. That's just not who I am. You know, it's so funny. Most people go into like literally like things that they use on a, like calendar things and different apps. And you went into that, which is, is so awesome. And I thought you were going to keep going like, all right, you go, my heart, you know, you're going to go my ears. And then like your smile, because you said before, use your smile to change the world. Don't let the world change your smile. That's right. Which I absolutely love. It's so funny how far a smile can go, but people don't think about it every day when they're walking into a room. Are they bringing a smile? Like, how are they walking into that room? Yeah, because people are sizing that up or getting some kind of unconscious or conscious bias or feeling a vibe for you within, I mean, less than. I don't know the stat, but it is literally like less than a 30th of a second, I think I read. Oh, wow. That's amazing. I want to go to another quotable from you because I love this. The way you see people is the way you treat them. And the way you treat them is what they become. And I love that, Claude. And I, what does that mean to you? Like how you treat them is what they become. So it means that we as human beings have an enormous amount of power to influence. That's what it means. And so let's be very mindful of how we treat people because people are watching us. Mm, and we that. want to turn people into champions. I love that. I love that. All right. Some favorites. Finish out here. Favorite part of your morning routine? Oh, right now. I mean, I have a four-month-old daughter. So picking her up, telling her she's the tallest little girl in the world and seeing her smile is the best part of my day. Oh, God. The that, best part of my morning. That's amazing. Yeah. As, as we talk, I have, I have a 10-month-old and when they... Oh. Just, when they just started smiling, it's like game over. And now like he's Maverick, he's laughing every day. And I'm like, I don't want to be anywhere else. Yeah, uh, exactly. Exactly. Uh, oh, that's amazing. Oof. All right. Favorite way to unwind at the end of the day? Cooking. Cooking. All right. Yes, I've just gotten into it. I am loving it. And I'll tell you why. Because it's a blank canvas. I get a bunch of different ingredients and I see what I can drum up. And I would say 75%. It's pretty edible. Oh, love it. All right. So on the food, but now you're in New York City, which you know, obviously foodie galore. What's your favorite restaurant? Oh, I like ABC Cocina. Okay. ABC That's Cocina. In the, yeah. In the Flatiron. So ABC Kitchen is a great, great, I just love the vibe. ABC Cocina is their Mexican wing. And first of all, they have killer Bloody Mary. <laughs> 
And I'm from Santa Fe, New Mexico. So I grew up eating incredible Mexican food. And I think they do it really well. I love it. Now that's what I call service. I think about this all the time, service, the yeah. best service experiences. Obviously, when you think about a restaurant, you think about the service. But recently, has there been any place that's really stood out for you for their service, something they did or how they made you feel? Soul Cycle. Oh. Soul Cycle. Tell it me is, about it. It's a hospitality company. I mean, you go into any Soul Cycle in America and they treat you the same. They have the same smile. They ask you the same questions. You know exactly what to expect. There's nothing that throws you off guard, you know, you're about to go into an exercise class. So there's a little bit of intimidation there. And you know exactly what you're going to get. They just make you feel like, hey, I am here for you. The next 45 minutes are going to change your life. How do they do that? Like, How do they greet you? Like, what do they do? I mean, I've heard so much about them, but that's powerful. Yeah, well, they greet you with a smile. That is one thing I can say. They always say welcome, good morning, good afternoon. That's the first thing. I don't, they just look like they want to be there. I have to tell you that. But most importantly for me are the instructors and the type of championing. I don't even know the word. Like <laughs> they just like hype me up and they're talking to a group of 60, 70 people in that class. But I sometimes really think like, Oh, they said that for me. <laughs> absolutely. They said that. And so they are making me feel something that I need to feel, which is why I go there before I even knew I needed to feel it. Mm. That's a great symbolism for leadership. It's how can you encourage people to be better than they even are at the current point? I mean, they made you feel that you are the champion, that you sound like you're going to win the day because of your workout. Yeah. They lift something off of my shoulders. Wow. That's powerful. Yeah. yeah. That's right. really cool. Now you got me thinking. All right. All right. What if there's last few here, what's one thing that you've done to stand out in business and in life? One thing that I have done to stand up in business is I have always, always tried to make my boss's day and their job easier. That is just in my DNA. It'll be written down someplace. So I have always, whether or not it's Gary or other bosses I've had, I want to make their lives easier. Again, I love the simplicity because I'm thinking, all right, well, if you're a leader on top of your business, Claude, then your job should be make the day easier for every one of your employees. And then if the employees have that same mindset, well, game over for your organization. Yeah. Love it. Yeah, totally. I mean, what you see is what you get with me. You know that. There's nothing that complex. <laughs> That's what's key. That's why you're growing so much. If you keep things simple, you can move mountains, as Steve Jobs once said. So, all right, final two here. What's the best advice you've ever received? Oh, the best advice I've ever received is, God, I got to tell you, it's to be big in the room, to be big in the room. When you are invited into that room, you are there for a reason. So take up space. Don't sit like a wallflower. Don't sit in the back row. Sit up front. Wow. I love that. All right. Finally, how do you want to be remembered? For having an extremely generous heart and for making people feel worthy and valued. Wow, Claude, you won the singing part. You've won Flip the Script. I mean, you have won every part of Business Done Differently today. I'll tell you, I think that is one of the biggest things that everyone should take from this interview. And it's how to simplify what matters most. And when you can be very clear on your intentions, how much you care and how you make people feel, it makes everything else easier. We didn't go through a ton of the details because you don't have to actually focus on the details if you know what matters most. And Claude, I can't thank you so much for inspiring me. And you know, where can people learn more about what you're doing? Because it's amazing. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Yep. Find me on LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. And I tell you, I respond to every single person that writes me. It might take me a few days, but I absolutely will say hey back. And yeah, please reach out.
Yeah. Well, you are a rock star. I can't wait to be back up in your office to see you again and your, oh, your team. I hope that's soon, Jesse. Me too. Me too. Claude, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Business Done Differently with Jesse Cole, the Yellow Tux Guy. If you love the show, let Jesse know by leaving a review on iTunes or sending him an email at jesse at findyouryellowtux.com. For more information on the guest and topics of this episode, visit findyouryellowtux.com. Until next time, stop standing still, start standing out.